0: Okay, and welcome to Ray and, Mahouf, and This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy and excited that you are joining me today on j Radio. For those of you who are new listeners, what we do, we try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and to strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. What can I say? Sunday night was unbelievable. The reason I say it's unbelievable because so many people came. I, 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 we were all so pleasantly surprised. What an what an amount of people. I mean, this is the first time we've done this, and we had such a crowd. Baruch Hashem. All of you who came made it, I want to say all of you who came really, really made it for several reasons. First of all, I could tell you as a speaker, when you have a crowd, it's just like a different world because you see people are interested. They want to find out about parenting, about marriage, about skills, about tools. Tell us, tell us. And people came afterwards, asked questions. It was like, I'm telling you, that evening could have gone several more hours. We wanted to keep it very much on track, but I want to tell you, that evening could have gone, could have gone on and on and on. It was beautiful. We really have to thank a Baruch we really have to thank Kaddish Baruch Hu. There was so much, so many people put in effort to make this past Sunday night, and by the way, this is a live show, May 19th, 2016. You might be listening to this Monday night at 10 p.m., in which case I'm talking about two Sundays ago. But for those of you who are listening to me right now, it is is 11.08 on May 19th. I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for coming. We were all inspired uh, you know, hopefully the audience was, but I could tell you as speakers, we were inspired by just the crowd that was there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're thinking of doing something now in Nasarash made Truva. It was so powerful. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your inspiring. I want to tell you also as a host um, that it's, it's nice to see people. You know, we sit here at a studio, four walls, and Baruch Hashem, we have a beautiful picture of the base Hamikdash right in front of us, which is very inspiring. But you know what? When we see people, it's inspiring. And we listen, Baruch Hashem, we get feedback, we get calls, we get this, we get that. Oh boy, Baruch Hashem. But to see people coming down, making it real, wow, wow, wow. It was really, really amazing. I, I could say thanks from today until tomorrow to all the people who participated, who, who, all the people, all the support in the stores, Eichler's Flatbush, Hafiz Borough Park, um, um... Uh, Bagels and Cheese Avenue M and all the hosts of J-Root who, who were helping promote this program. I want to tell you, Baruch Hashem, like we say, the ticket sales all for J-Root Radio. It was a big kiddush Hashem. People came down, showed their support, show that they're interested in, in empowering their parenting skill, their marriage skills. It makes such a big difference. Such a big difference. Such a big difference. I personally want to give a shout out. Thanks to Shia Weiss who came out with me. Really helped me so much with 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 all, all all the things that I had to take care of. So and so many thanks. So many thanks to everybody who came. We are going to do it again. Yes. We're going to do it again. It's going to happen again. People came out, showed that desk they're interested, and we are going to tell you when it's going to happen again. Okay, now, here's what I want to do. Today is going to be an exciting, exciting show. Because here's what we're going to do. We got so many questions that night, this, this past Sunday night, that we couldn't ha- we really couldn't handle the questions. We couldn't handle, we told people to write down the questions and we couldn't handle the questions. And what we said, what the host said, was that what? Was that we are going to answer and address the rest of the questions on the radio. So you know what? You were tuned in, jradio.com, whichever way you're tuned in. And now we are going to address all or I don't know if we'll be able to get all the questions, but we're going to try to get as many questions as we can that we were not able to address on Sunday night. I'm going to try to address any questions that I can, particularly in the area of marriage, um, particularly in the area of marriage. So first of all, I'm going to, here, we got a bunch of notes over here that we're going to, we're going to address the questions. And anybody who else, anybody else who has questions that you want to text me right now, okay, this is, um any family questions, particularly in the area of marriage, you can text me, but not my personal text, okay? <laughs> this time not my personal text. This is gonna be 347, the studio uh, text line is three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. That's three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. And I am going to address the first question that I had. These are leftover questions that we had. We just didn't get a chance this past Sunday night. Bar Hashem. Big thank you to Dr. Nudman, who came down, who honored us with his present, spoke about being scared or not being scared of medication. Um, Mordechai and myself, Baruch Hashem, you know, we always knew each other. We were, we were friends. and This really, like, we, we felt very empowered. We felt very empowered because you, every, all of you came. It was like, wow, this is important. This is important to the kahila. So, yes, you know, you get so much feedback, text, and so many phone calls, but it's different when people come. And it was just empowering for us to feel like people are interested in parenting and marriage. Here's the, the question. Listen to this. This is a very interesting question. Okay. Can, this is, I'm reading the question here. Can you elaborate on the topic how important Shalom Bias is for the success in raising emotionally healthy children? You hear the question? How important, at the end of the day, is Shalom Bias for our children because, you know, Rabbi Greenfield, you speak about shalom bias and skills and tools. Okay, great, but is that really important for the chinich of my child? How important? Now, some of you are listening to this like, oh, duh, <laughs> what type of question is that? It's an excellent question. It's an excellent question, because we all know that it sort of is connected, but you know what we don't know? We don't realize that it's, it's directly connected. It's directly connected. It's like the electricity is connected to your, to your, to your lights. You have lights on now in your house? You're in your kitchen, you're in your car, your car is working, right? If you take out the battery, the car is not going to work, right? It's directly connected. Your shalom bias in your house is directly connected to your children's chinuch. And by the way, I'm not just saying this based based on uh, you, know, my, you know some things that I've seen in my experience. Which I can't tell you how much I've seen how, when shalom bias deteriorates, what happens to the children. Oh boy, I can't tell you how many stories I see I, I, and still see. But I want to tell you. Psychologically speaking, it has been proved that if there is a problem in the relationship of the couple, then what happens is automatically, it negatively affects your children's well-being, their self-esteem, their self-worth, their, 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 their feeling of fulfillment. Because you know what happens? When your little Yankee or Moshe or Devorah sees Abba and Imah are fighting, they start feeling very uncomfortable. They're not going to say this to you. Oh, they're not going to say it to you. But when they see that there is strife, when they see that Abba and Ima are in an argument and chas v'chalila, criticizing each other in front of the children, chas v'chalila, chas shalom attacking each other, belittling each other, you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens. What happens is they start feeling horrible about themselves because they lose that sense of security that sense of attachment, that healthy sense of attachment. You are their, their roots. You are their bedrock. You're their foundation. And when, when Abba and Ima, Tati and Mami are fighting, it affects the children negatively. They might not say so. You know, they do many times, children, they start distracting. They'll just find a way to distract you so you stop fighting. Or they'll make trouble on their own. Or they won't do anything and in school they'll take it out because they're feeling very good. So that's why I'm saying your Shalom Bayis is directly connected to your children. Self-esteem, self-worth, their chinuch, their education, everything. It's directly, directly connected. And that's why, that's why it's so important. And, and, and from, a, from another point of view, which is also very, very pivotal, is that you want the Shekhinah to be in your house. You want to walk into your house and for it to be a base Hamikdash that's how your children are going to prosper. Your children, you know, you know if people think, yeah, I have tell them this, tell them that, children see by example. They see by example. If they see that there's love and harmony between the parents, that affects them positively. Shekhinah is there. What do you need more of? A Kadosh Baruch Hu is there. Hashem is there in your house. You have to worry. So you have the Shekhinah in your house. You have Shalom Bayez. If you don't have the Shalom Bayez, I'm telling you, it affects the children negatively because the Shekhinah runs away. We need a Kadosh Baruch Hu. You know, again, I speak so much, about skills and tools in your marriage, but I'm not, I'm not going to make believe that you know you just listen to Rabbi Greenfield, you're going to have a perfect marriage. It's not the way it works. No way, it doesn't work. You need siyata d'shemaya. You need siyata d'shemaya. If Hashem wants, you know, Koshba could do, Hashem could create a situation where even if you're like trying everything for shalom bayis, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. If Hashem. And the other hand, Koshba could do the other way around. That's why it's so important to daven to Hashem. Daven to Hashem. You know, a lot of people who are listening to me could relate to this. They know exactly what I'm talking about, but some people who might not be able to relate to this because you don't necessarily daven for these types of things. Daven, pray for shalom. When you say sim shalom in your shmona esrei, say sim shalom with kavana. Think about your house. Think about your children. Okay, let's move on. Next question. These are great questions. If your husband is not the type to give love to the kids at all, always has to be told, kiss the kids learn with learn with them, and he doesn't care arguing with his wife in front of the children. How is his wife supposed to react? Stay quiet and ask him to give love or ask for it? That's the question. See, it's a phenomenal question. I love this question. Because the truth of the matter is many times in your relationships, a lot of you are all starting to listen now when I'm saying this, right? Because you're thinking, uh-oh, oh, this is actually happens in my house. My husband doesn't always agree with me when it comes to the chinuch of the kids. So what should I do? This is like a very challenging thing for me. Wow, I was waiting for this question. Okay, so this is very, very important, I'm about to say. This, we actually address a similar question, but this, this is a question of the, of the husband not giving love. Ladies, the most important thing, like we just said literally three minutes ago, is that your children do not witness you and your husband fighting. I cannot tell you how toxic... That can be for your relationship when your children are watching you chas and fighting with your husband. Terrible, terrible. So first of all, it should not be done in front of the children. Do not, do not and do not criticize him or point out to him or tell to him in front of the children. Even if you're like sort of calling him to the side where the children know exactly what's going on. Wait till it's over. Don't do it in front of the children, okay? That's number one. Number two, when you make a request for your husband, can you please follow the way I tell you to do it? Please. It's like, pretty please. Because that's what works. If you're going to tell your husband, "Well, well, you don't kiss the children. You know, it's not right. The children need love and you don't give them any love. You don't kiss them. You don't anything. You're not interested in them. He's going to argue with you. He's going to bash you. And you're going to get into a fight. And whoever is asking this question, by the way, knows she's been fighting with her husband about this for a long time. Because either she, she says to him, and she pursues him, and runs after him, and he withdraws. And maybe he's going to listen to her once or twice, but he withdraws. That's why I always say, when you're speaking to your husband about anything that you want, number one, connect to him. Connect. Say to him, Moshe, Yaakov, I know it's hard for you. I know you're not the type of guy. Maybe you didn't grow up that way. I know. And it's my Mishagas. It's my thing. Rabbi Greenfield. He should know. What do you mean? Someone should teach him. Someone should teach him doesn't work. I'm telling you from experience. And if you don't believe me, continue on your own ways. You do what you think is right because you know it's not going to work anyways. Pursuing your husband and controlling him and telling him what he has to do and why it's not right and why you're right and he's wrong. Use your leverage, ladies. Use your leverage. Your husband loves you. I don't care what you tell me. I'm telling you, your husband wants to make you happy. That's your leverage. That's your leverage and that's what you have to do. You have to approach your husband. Say to him, Moshe, Yaakov, Shimon, can I talk to you for a second? Privately, not in front of the children, after it finishes. Say to him, I know how hard it is for you. I know that you, you haven't necessarily grown up in a home like this. And you know what? Maybe it's my Mishigas. Trust me, you're going to get the results. Remember, it's all about results, right? And maybe it's my Mishigas. And if you can't do it, that's connecting to him. A, a, accept rejection. If you can't do it, I'll try to understand. If you can't do it, I'll try to understand. But you know, when you learn with the kids, if maybe you could give them a little sorrel a hug, you know what? That would make me so happy. That's it. That's it. And you know what? He's not gonna listen. <laughs> what I just said. You expect me to say he's gonna listen, right? No, no, he's not gonna listen. The first time he's not gonna listen. Second time maybe he's gonna listen. Third time he's gonna listen. That's the way it works. I've tell you from experience. Because they're gonna test you subconsciously. us men are not we're not we're not trying to get you. What it is basically is men don't want to be controlled. They're very sensitive to control. Um, there are many women who are also sensitive to control. By the way, it's a it's a two way street many times. But give him three times and then give him his candy, which is basically saying to him, saying to him, when he does give that that kiss or the hug to your children and is connecting with them on an emotional level, then you say to your husband, Moshe Yaakov, I cannot tell you how happy you made me. I can't tell you. Don't tell your husband. I can't tell you how good you were or how wonderful. You're not, you're not his uh, Shofit. You're not his judge. What you are is his wife and what he needs from his wife is a feeling of achievement. His feeling of achievement is when you say to him, you made me happy. Now he feels achieved. He made such a big difference in my life when you did that. And believe you me, you and I know when he does it, la'at, 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 you're going to see He's going to get used to it. And he's going to like doing it. Who doesn't like connecting to, to their children at the end of the day? Okay, next question here. Next question, next question. Okay, we are definitely not. I, I don't know if we were able to do all the questions here today. Okay, how do you know? Oh boy, this is a loaded question. Okay, listen to this question, everyone. So happy you're listening today. May 19, 2016. So happy you came to the event, all of you who came. Those of you who missed it, we missed you. But I want to tell you that we're going to have another event. We're going to have another event. We might have one on a Sarasim Maitruva. And uh, definitely next year, Mitzvah Hashem. Boy, this was Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem it exceeded our expectations. And for everybody to come, wow, for those of you who just tuned in. Um, thank you, thank you. Sunday's event, Baruch Hashem, Hoi Hashem, Kitov. Thank you for coming. Next, listen is this question. Okay, this is this question. Number two. How do you know... Okay, this is, this is a very interesting question. And uh, please do not stop getting ready for Shabbos. This is Thursday. Today, right? May 19th. Do not stop. I know that you're going to sort of like stop in your tracks over here. because This is a loaded question. How do you know when divorce is the best solution? All right? Oh, boy. How much do you have to suffer... For staying married till what point do you have to be mevater many times marriage needs intervention being mavata is not the solution when a spouse has major issues personality depression not going for help abusive sometimes divorce is the solution so how do you know how do you know when divorce is the best solution let me tell you the answer the, the quick answer to, the, to this question you know when you know that it's, it's, it's a solution? Let me tell you the voice solution. You compare it to amputating a leg. How do you know that amputating a leg is the best solution? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that you have to just let go of your leg? How do you know when that is? You know when you know? You know when you've spoken to professionals, not just one, but several professionals. You know when you went to a big, someone who you're a when it comes to spirituality, a gadol, a gadol, a rebbe, a rav, someone who you really, really machshif, when you've taken professional advice, when you've done everything you can and tried to get others involved, and everybody's telling you the same thing, then you know, and by the way, I'm going to add this one for you, I know because you don't want to hear this, and you've separated because no one just jumps into it, right? Then, 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 you should consider it. Obviously, we know that sometimes a marriage could be chas v'shalom so toxic, so dangerous, so horrible, that, that chas v'shalom, chas a divorce, is the only solution. But it's not a solution. You hear what I'm saying? It's the best way out. That's what it really is. Amputating the leg. I ask you, amputating your leg. If you amputate your leg, right? Is it, is it something that, that it has to be done sometimes? Sometimes it has to be done. Sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes it has no choice. Sometimes, sometimes people, you know, they get divorced and, and they could rebuild. They could rebuild. But you, I want to tell you something. Most of the time, it's not. Don't get me wrong now. Don't get me wrong. I know good and well that sometimes people have to get divorced. I know that very, very well. Very, very well. But, but, and those people who are listening to me who are divorced, many of you realize that you had no choice. Because you really spoke to professionals. try tried to get help. You spoke to our buddy. You've done everything you can. Everything, everything you can. But it's 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 something that you want to really compare to like Chas Shalom losing something very dear. Why? Because several reasons. First of all, first of all, if if you, listen, Ain od mil, milvado. If you really done everything and tried everything and whatever it is, and you Chas Shalom, you know, had to do the divorce. Let me tell you something. You dive into Hashem, and sometimes a Kodesh could just arrange that you get remarried or whatever it is. But I can tell you, most of the time, it's not done right. I'm, I'm telling you, because I'm involved in these things. Most of the time, people don't go the extra, 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 extra mile. I'm at Greenfield. I have to go the extra, extra. Yes, you do. I, I can't tell you how many marriages I've seen that were saved and are happy and are, and, 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 are, and are healthy because they've waited that extra, extra, extra mile. They've done whatever they can. But sometimes, I understand, 100%. But to go that extra, extra, extra mile, because you know something? Many times the problems that you're thinking is in your spouse. I hate to say it, it's a two-way street. Sometimes not just your spouse, it can be yourself as well. Again, I, I don't want to sound like so, you know, whatever. But then I can't tell you how many remarried, I deal with me, remarriages also. Second marriages, blended marriages. And it's like the same problem they had in the first marriage. Or their second marriage, or their third. sometimes, people get married several times. The point of the matter is it's the same problem. Recurring again, and again. You think the grass is greener on the other side, and you get married. It's like, you know what? You're right. My husband, my original husband, had a really big problem. But the truth is, I have an issue as well. I'm only realizing it and now. in My second or third marriage. The point of the matter is here: getting help is always good. It's, it's always, always good. Even like someone asked me, Mirz Hashem, we'll talk about it later. Bez Hashem Yisparach. We're going to be having a uh, marriage workshop coming up. It's going to start May 30th. And we're doing this in a different way. We're doing this, um, it'll be Monday nights, and you can join two different types of ways. Either live, or you can join, or you can join in a teleconference. I never did this before, but what actually motivated me to do this? He's like, you know what? Many people can come. And even though, Vach we had very successful live, I, until I only did live, I was always scared like, to do a teleconference. But you know what? Not everybody could come, and sometimes a lot of ladies listen to this. This is usually the pattern. My husband says he can come. Fine, so you know what? He'll hear it on teleconference. Maybe you'll come. Maybe you'll come together for one session. Whatever it is, it's going to ha- start Monday night, uh, Monday night, May 30th, and it's going to be as the shem six sessions. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But in any case, the point of the matter right now is not this. The point of the matter is that what? Many pe- ladies ask me, is it worth it just to come myself, just to be by myself? Yes, of course it is. Because, two things, first of all, first of all, Bez Hashem will, will, help, will help you to motivate your husband to come. But besides that, you get to learn a lot of skills and tools for yourself, for yourself, to grow yourself as a person. So that's why I say, you know what? Answer to this question is seek professional advice. Speak to Rabbanim. don't decide it on your own. Speak to people who, are, who have experience with this. Speak to people, and not people, please, 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 be careful. Be careful when you speak to individual therapists. I'm not saying, a lot of them are really rude, but a lot of them don't have experience in a system type of dynamic, and they don't understand, and you're going to go and complain to them, and they're going to say, oh my gosh, you have a horrible life, I think you just got divorced. I've seen it over and over again, I'm sorry to say. So I'm just mentioning that to you. Okay, okay, so that's as far as that is concerned. Let's move on to the next question over here. Next question, next question, next question. Okay. Okay, can you explain what happened before therapy? It was all negative. After therapy, everything is positive in marriage. I'm not exactly sure what you're asking. I, you know, I I think what you're asking, you might be asking two things. Either you're asking that that why is it that What happened before therapy? I mean, we had thousands of years before therapy. What happened before that? That's number one. Number two, you might be asking, how does therapy um, bring positivity into your marriage? So two things. First of all, let's talk about the the first question, if it's what you meant. As far as thousands of years, boy, thousands of years we never had therapy. This new therapy thing, you know, past hundred years, whatever it is. What happened before therapy? People lived, everything was fine. So, like this. Let me explain you something. It wasn't called therapy. It might have been called counseling. It might have been called uh, help. It might have been called guidance. Even the Gemara speaks about certain situations when you get other people involved in your marriage. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's brought down on Shulchan Aruch. That sometimes you get other people involved. Talking about professional people. So they weren't necessarily therapists. Aaron Cohen wasn't labeled a therapist. He was probably the best therapist in the world. He for sure was. Not probably. He was the best, Right? When he was nifter, you know how many couples called their children Aaron because because Aaron a he was he he bought so much shalom, right? So the point of the matter is, we've always had such people who helped. Now it's been structured, it's been you know it's 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 been sort of uh, sort of put in a situation where there where there where there's a scheduled classes and credits and, and a system, etc. But it's always been around. It's always been around. And that's as far as that is concerned. The next thing, if you're asking, if what you mean by this question is actually you're saying, well, how could therapy just make things positive? Let me tell you something. Therapy, counseling, coaching, whatever you want to call it, I want to tell you one thing. I want to tell you one thing, and that's like this. You want your, you know, when I speak, when I work with couples, Baruch Hashem, I, and I say I say Baruch Hashem because every time I meet a couple, maybe I don't do it enough. I say Hashem, give me Siyata Shmei. Hashem, give me Siyata because we need Siyata Shmei in that room. I'll tell you like this: I Have to understand one very important thing, and that is, you can bring the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. It is so true when it comes to relationships. I can't tell you how true. I can guide. I can empower. I could. Give the skills and the tools. And, and I've seen it work. I've seen it work with other couples. And I look at a couple and I say to myself, I just hope they work really hard in their marriage. I really do. Because the job is not mine. The job is really theirs. They have to work really, really hard. You know, I think, you know how when your marriage becomes positive? It becomes positive when you work really, really hard in it. When you work really hard in your marriage and you, and you integrate skills and tools that like you haven't done in the past, you don't work on autopilot, you're going to see your marriage is going to go positively. And you know why? Let me tell you why. Because you're going to have siyata deshmayo. You hear me? It's all about siyata deshmayo. It's all about siyata Deshmaya. It's all about a Baruch Hu helping us and empowering us. And we put our best foot forward and it just all works out. It all works out. So it takes a lot of hard work and that's how you get into positive territory. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. I don't even know if we're going to have time to do the questions that we're getting online. I really don't. But let's move on. Okay. Next question. Question is like this. What do you do if you are open to get help in marriage and your husband does not? You are really reaching on a low, oh, you're very, very low battery. He just says flat, the wife is stupid for marrying him and tells his wife, She's like a almana and can't handle criticism. Ouch. 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 Really, ouch. That's, that hurts to hear that, <laughs> that your husband says that that, that, that you're like an almana and you just can't handle criticism. This husband, whoever he is, I feel horrible for this man because he has a complete, complete and disastrous understanding of what marriage is. And by the way, I don't want to even blame him. I don't want to blame him. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of us are taught this way. Yeah, you hear me? A lot of us are taught that what? A lot of us are taught that marriage is about fixing the other person. I want to make your life better. So I'm going to constantly criticize you. I'm not going to criticize you. I'm just going to tell you what, what's best for you. I'm going to fix your life up. And I'm going to tell you what's better for you to do. And how life would be better if you would just listen to me life would be better. That's not marriage. That's not marriage. That's, you want to be his rebbe? You want to be his mashkiach? You want to be her, her madricha? You want to be her rebbe? That's not who you are. Your husband should to be supportive and loving and caring and understanding and empathic. His job is not to fix you. This goes for ladies and this goes for men. Your job is not to fix your husband. The job is not to fix your wife. That's not what it's about. It's about to empower them to motivate them, if you feel that they're doing something that they could do better, you can motivate them, you can empower them can, there are different ways of doing it, we spoke about it but some people, they think the main mission statement is, why don't you do this, why don't you do that how can we did do this, how can we do not do that that's not what it is the Shekhinah, doesn't say the Shekhinah comes down when you fix your husband, does it ever say that the Shekhinah comes down when you fix your wife no, the Shekhinah comes down when you're Mavatar, <laughs> the Shekhinah comes down when you let it go Shekhinah comes down when there's love, when there's connection, when there's feelings of closeness. That's when the shekhinah comes down. So I feel bad for this husband. He might not be a bad person. Maybe this is how he learned that marriage is all about when he grew up. Maybe he saw this in his own house. <laughs> Chances are he, this is what he saw in his own house. So his father was constantly fixing his mother. Can't take criticism. So what I say to you is reach out to a professional. Reach out to somebody and, and um, hmm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. If, if, if there's even a piece of advice I can tell you as far as motivating your husband to come down. There is, there is, there is. You can, if you want, you can text me privately. We could talk about it. That's uh, that what? Of how to motivate your husband to come down. There are ways. I want to tell you, I've had, I've had many, many, I've had situations with women who could not motivate their husbands to come down. And I, I honestly, I refuse to see. I, I'm not, you know, I don't do individual therapy. I work with couples, period, of the end. And I tell this to everybody. You want individual therapy? Find someone else. I work with couples. But I'm like I can't get my husband to come down no problem. Call me up. We'll, ha- we'll come up with a strategy. We'll come up with a strategy together and you're going to see your husband's going to come down. There are ways to do it. There are ways to do it. And you know what it is also? You know why your husband doesn't want to come down? Let me tell you why. He doesn't want to be blamed. He doesn't want you to berate him in, in session and for him to feel like it's all his fault. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to entrap himself. It's a horrible feeling. It's all your fault. Though any man who I speak to at the end of the day tells me you're right. I'm not perfect. Seriously, even all these cases when the men actually come down, they'll be like, you're right, I am. So why don't you want to come down? Because I felt that she's going to make it all my fault. Okay, okay. So you might think, Rabbi it is all his fault. First of all, I, I, I don't like when anybody says that. No not sure thing it's all his fault. Everybody has, everyone has faults of their own. Could it be mostly his fault because he has an issue? He hasn't, yeah, that's possible. That is possible. But let's take accountability for our own actions. And this way, our husband or our wives Will be able to take accountability for their actions, and this is not a tit for tat. This is not a tit for tat. Your marriage is not a tit for tat. Well, you're, it's your fault. It's my fault. It's his fault. Her fault. That's not what we are trying to do here. Oh boy, we are getting so many questions here now online. Baruch Hashem, we will see if we can get to these questions. Okay, next. My husband believes in strong discipline that children cannot be taught without an occasional patch. Whoa, okay. Since most of us patch out of anger, I feel it can be damaging and I am dead set against it. Is this a a place to compromise? Personally, I'm not into patching. I'll be honest with you. However, I will tell you there are a lot of people who are. There are a lot of people who are. But I want to tell you one thing. Even the G'dayalim who say that patching sometimes is good. Let's say, let's say there are, right? And let's say, there are, let's say there are people who say that once in a while you have to give a patch. I can almost promise you that any Rav that would say that patching is good, I can almost promise you that if he will tell your husband, who you are, that if it's coming out of anger, it's not a good thing. I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen, but I hope you're listening right now. Because 99% of these patches are coming out of anger. They're coming out of anger of, of your ch- from your children. It's coming from anger that you might have to your spouse. It might come from anger from a really bad day. And you're displacing all these patches onto your children. Onto your children. So first of all, let's make something clear. I'm sorry to say this, but I'm going to say this on the air. If we're talking about a, like a light patch it's one thing. If you're talking about a patch that's going to create any sort of bruise or any sort of black and blue or anything like that, I can tell you 1,000%, not one, 1,000%, there's not going to be a guddle in the world who's going to say that chas v'shalem, chas v'shalil. is that something you can do? Chas shalom chas v'shalil. Personally, I'm extremely against patches, and let me tell you why. The reason I'm, I'm against it is because I've seen the damage it does to children. The damage, the the message you're giving your child with a patch is not just what you did was wrong. The message that many times he gets or she gets is, I don't love you. I don't care for you and I don't validate you. He's a child. What do you think he's getting? The message of what you did was wrong? It's not the olden days. Maybe back in the days when everybody used to get patched, that's the way it is. Not today anymore. Today, there are many ways to deal with your children with a patch. Number one. The next thing is when your children get older. Adolescents, teenagers, you are out of your mind if you're apaching them. Out of your mind. Are you listening to me? You're out of your, your brain <laughs> if you're apaching your children. Adolescents who are teenagers. Why? Because you do not know what you are causing. For you and for your children, you are creating havoc in their emotional psyche. They are developing as teenagers. They are seeking independence. They need validation and love like you need oxygen. Stop breathing. You hear me? Listen to me. Those of you who are your kids who are adolescents and teenagers, stop breathing for a minute and see how you feel. That's what you're doing to your children. You're patching them. As much as they don't care, this and that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've seen the damage it does. And all these parents like, oh, what happened to my children? What happened to your children? You're patching them like crazy? Even just whatever it was? Okay, so that's that. But now, let's talk about something else. Younger child, or even an older child. Your husband wants to patch him. You know what? Here's what I would say to do. Speak to his rough Together say, you know what? Why don't we go to our rough together? So even if you can get it to a situation, because you know you're not going to change his mind. You're not changing his mind, right? But if you can get to a situation where your husband or your wife, sometimes you could be from the wife, usually it is the men. Isn't that funny? But that what? Your husband wants to patch, your wife wants to patch. speak to the Rav, and I could almost promise you, the Rav will say, first take off your hat, hungry, angry, tired, stressed. There used to be a big uddle before he patched his son. You know what he used to do? And we're talking about obviously his younger son. He had a special jacket he used to put on, a special coat he used to put on before he patched his son. Just to be able to know that this is not coming from my disdain, my, my resentment, my displeasure, my upsetness, my anger. This is coming purely from Chinuch. That's a pure patch. I personally don't even hold to that. But you know what? That's a pure patch, let's say. Let's say, right? And that's talking about a little patch or whatever it is. That's maybe a way to do it. Because I agree with whoever's asking this question. Most of these patches come from Kas. So even if you get them to that point where you say to him, you know, go to the Rav. Or, you go, or say, you know what, no problem. You want to patch? Wait an hour. Wait an hour and then see if you still need to patch. That's, that might be a mahalach. Personally, I, I, I'm against all these things, but okay. Whatever it is, it is, I, you know. You, we can agree to disagree, right? We can agree to disagree when it comes to patches. Let's go on. <clears throat> all right. Okay. This is a very loaded question. That's what it is. It's a very loaded question, and I, I, I okay, okay. It, this is a very loaded question we're about to ask. Okay, listen. To this this is very very loaded. My friend has basically a good kid who went off the derech. This child went off the derech at fourteen years old. Now he's sixteen. He's on drugs. He disrespects his parents. He called the police in. Chash of the parents. Parents up asking rabbis what to do. He doesn't live at home anymore. He's very smart. Rabbi said when he was younger, he can be a Rosh Hashiva. Where can he get someone to help him? Mother said she asked already 60 rabbis. She and her father are in a lot of pain. She spoke nobody can help unless he wants it. Is that true? That nobody can help unless he wants it? Sometimes a rabbi says something and one word can hit home and influence them to teshuvah. What's the solution? Okay. You know, let let's let's understand something. Let's understand things. whoever asked this question or this affects the question. Sometimes these things are gaziras. Sometimes we have to understand it's gazir, it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. No one's at fault over here. It's just gazera, Mayim, that it had to happen. So you know what we do? When we have when when you know when we have Gazerus and Shemayim, what we do and I'm sure the person is doing, but you know, maybe get other people to do it also. And that's to daven, to say to Hillen, to daven to Hashem, to ask Hashem and to continue crying to Hashem. Karov Hashem lechol, karov lechol asher yekru'u MS. I have seen miracles happen for people who just daven and daven and daven and daven. Think about Hana. Think about the fact that she didn't have children for all those years. It happened at the end. Just daven, daven, daven. So that's number one. Number one, don't stop davening. I know you are. Get other people to daven. And that's number one. Number two. Number two, Accept, accept, accept. This is so hard. This is so hard. Don't cut off the child. Don't cut off the relationship. Do not cut off the relationship. Just accept him or her for what she is. Accept as hard as it is. Believe you me, your child's still alive. I know it sounds sounds over the top what I'm saying, and I'm sorry to say this, but just accept. Accept. Accept the child. The child has to feel accepted. Without feeling accepted, the child won't even bother to even dream of thinking of what you're saying. That's number two. As far as the drugs are concerned, rehabilitation. You do not want to get to a situation where a dangerous situation with safety. So that's definitely seek professional advice to get rehabilitation, etc. cetera. And how to motivate motivate the child, another another way. Usually these children have someone they reach out to. There's always someone, someone in the middle. You could speak to that, someone in the middle. As far as safety, as far as <clears throat> as far as just making sure that chas things don't don't go worse. Now the next thing is, the next thing is very very important. I know this is so hard. Don't stop pouring your love to this child. Accept and validate, and know despite everything, pour your love onto this child. Despite not negative, not criticism, not attacking, not in you those. The child is probably going to criticize you every time you speak to him. You'll always hear criticism. You're always going to hear downs. You're always because the child feels. Feels bad about themselves. It's 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 a very complex self-esteem issue. Very complex for a child who who's who's going through this. So you know, let's let's have rachmanes on the child, as opposed to chas v'shalom. I'm sure this is not happening. But if there's criticism as far as anger, let's let go of the anger and let's try to have acceptance. Again, these things I'm saying, very 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 hard to do. Very very hard to do. And then it's and then it's you know, there's a book called Make Me Don't Break Me. Build him up in every way you can. Forget about Yiddishkeit now. If he's off, forget about it right now. Build him up in any way that you can. He says that he's, he doesn't live with you. He's saying he was doing your laundry. Wow, that's so cool. You were able to do the laundry. Wow, that's so amazing. You are able to do this. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point that you're saying. Just validate anything that he brings up. Oh, you, actually, you you said you were looking for a job. and You're thinking about looking for a job. This boy could have been a Rosh Now Let me tell you something else about this boy could have been a Rosh Because that's something that actually... I know it wasn't necessarily meant as a bad way, but it irks me a little bit because not everybody has to be a. Even if a boy is so smart, doesn't mean he has to be a Rosh Hashiva. Boy is so smart, he could be very smart. That might not be his mission in life. He's being pressured to be a Rosh Hashiva. He doesn't necessarily want that to be a Rosh Hashiva. And that could bring him down. I'm not saying this happened in this situation, just in general. We can't have these expectations of all our children becoming Rosh Hashivas, sitting in Kolal. Of course we want that. Who doesn't want, right? Who's the want? Some people listening to this aren't into that. Maybe they want their children to be a doctor and a lawyer, but I know a big crowd here wants their children to be Kolal and Shiva. Of course, who doesn't want that, right? But you know what? It's not for all of our children, even if they're very smart. It's not for all of our children. It's really, really not. And then finally, as far as this child is concerned, is there any way just to get him into therapy? Forget the Yiddishkeit for a second. I'll I'll tell you why. Because many, if not most, of these times, these are emotional issues. This is not a boy who decided he had some sort of cheshbine of why a doesn't exist. That's not the way it works. It's usually emotional issues, and that's why he needs professional help. You can't get him there. You might have to get someone in the middle to get him the professional help. And just to make him feel better. He won't need, this way he won't need the substances to make him feel good. Because that's what it is. It's an escape. Okay. Let's move on to the next questions that we got online. Okay. All right. Here we go. Interesting questions. Okay. I love your show. Thank you. I have a problem. I am married for tw- for many years. I'm not even going to say exact amount because I don't, you know. Baruch Hashem. Most of our fights are about food shopping. I do spend a lot on food each week. It's, it's a constant war. It's a constant war. Each week, my husband feels I'm not... In reality, since I like to go to store more than once a week, I need sorting during the week. I work very hard, and I'm bringing in a lot of money each week. So I feel I am the Akeras abayas, and the food is my department. My husband is struggling with Pranasa. I've, I've gone to my Rav, who said I can buy whatever, what I want, but each week it's a war. I feel so hurt after hearing him say I'm not in reality. I have 10 siblings, Baruch Hashem, and all my sisters and sister-in-laws can but that what they want without being interrogated how do I handle this I know this might come out very strong but what do you want you want a refrigerator full of food or you want a house of Shechina I'm sorry to be so strong I really really am whoever's asking this question but I don't agree with whatever the Rav said I, I don't I'm sorry I don't agree that you can just buy whatever you want I don't agree with that I'm sorry Shalom Bais is about compromise Shalom bias is about working together. Shalom bias is about sacrificing and saying to yourself, you know what, let me compromise with my husband, because I don't want to get into a fight with him. I really don't want to get into a fight with him. My husband my husband is an achievement-based person. He's, maybe I'm bringing more money than him. It's true. And he's struggling with Parnasa. And when I buy, maybe it triggers him. I don't know. Maybe it does that. But my personal thought when it comes to these things is to have a healthy conversation with your husband. Healthy conversation with your husband, and I'm going to direct you in a second on what to do. I'm going to tell you it really fast, but before you walk into this conversation, you have to realize that you're sacrificing. You know what you're sacrificing for? Let me tell you what you're sacrificing for. You're sacrificing for the Shekhinah to be in your house, and you know what you're sacrificing even more? For your children. Because even when children don't see their father and mother fighting, when they children have radars. They know good and well that there's disdain. They see the toxicity. They feel it. Is that worth it? So what I'm saying is to go over to your husband, have a conversation with your husband, and say to your husband like this. First of all, make an appointment. Don't get him when he's hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. Find the right time. Next, sit him down. Don't let it be scary. Just say to him, Moshe, Aaron, Yaakov, I just want to tell you something. I understand that it's very hard for you. Because this, 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 this back and forth, by the way, you know what's been going on for years. You're going to change the dynamic now. You're going to start something new. You're going to use the backdoor approach. You know the backdoor approach? The backdoor da- approach is as follows. You're going to take your arm and you're going to put it around your, your husband's shoulders as if to say, and maybe even literally if you can. The, say Moshe, Yaakov, I just want to tell you, I love you and I care about you and this seems like a very big issue for you and I don't want to chas v'shalom. I, I don't want to have this fight in our house. I don't. I don't. Come to him with love. I'm telling you, come to him with love. When Yaakov even came to Asa with love, it changed everything around. Come to him with love and say to him, I care about you. I don't want to hurt you. I see the shopping thing is a, big, is a big issue for you. And I, and I want to make you happy. Right away, you're getting him off his defenses. You hear me? You would even start compromising. You're getting him off his defenses. That's number one most important. Then you say to him, if we can't work this out, okay, what can I do? But here's the story. I, I want to work this out. I want to work this out in a way where you'll be happy and I'll be happy. So I'm thinking, do you have any idea, any suggestions about where we can compromise when it comes to this issue? Do you have any suggestions? Then we'll go talk back and forth and let's come up with a compromise. I'm telling you, whoever's asking this question, I'm telling you that if you daven before, before you do this, you daven to Kodesh Baruch you're going to have siyatah, and you're going to resolve this once and for all. But the most important thing over here is that release the resentment. Release it. Because that's what you're fighting over. You're not fighting over the content. You're not fighting over the shopping anymore. You're fighting over the fight. Because this is a long fight. It's been taking for long, and he feels you don't care about him. And that's what's really going on here. So the only way to release it is to come to him in a positive way and say to him, I just want to tell you, I want to make you happy. I love you and I care about you. And and I know this issue with the shopping has been a long issue. And I, I want to try to work it out with you. I really, and I'm sorry, I want to work it out with you. Do it for a Baruch Hu. You know which bracha you're going to bring into your house? It'll work out. you see you'll be able to compromise. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hi, I love your show. Thank you. It's very good information I have. I, Baruch Hashem, have a great relationship with my spouse. Wow! I'm sorry. I'm hearing about so many bad relationships. I'm so happy to hear that you have a good relationship with your spouse. I'm so happy. That's amazing. You probably worked so hard in your marriage. That's amazing. Okay, I have one problem. My husband gets up late. He goes to shul later, which causes him to come home late from work. I try to talk and explain how important it is for me that he comes on time, how I feel. What can I do? I don't want to be controlling and nag him to get up, to be negative. I don't believe in that. I try to be positive. It doesn't work. I'm, I'm not happy with that time he comes home. I feel it's important. We need time to build our relationship. What can I do? What can I do? First of all, let's focus on what's the real problem. Ask yourself the following question. What bothers you more, the fact that he wakes up late or the fact that you don't spend time with him? You have to answer that question for us. Before you even move on, answer that question. What's more, what's more important? That he doesn't come... time? Is it bothering you that he doesn't go to Minion on time? Is that what's bothering you? Or is he not going to spend time? If it's a situation about... Not, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Because you're going to have a much easier time figuring out a way to spend time with your husband than to motivate him to wake up on time. I'm just telling you from experience. That's the bottom line, okay? That's the bottom line. If what's really bothering you is that you're not spending time with each other... Then, the same relation, the same discussion that I told the other woman before to have with your husband, you have have with your husband. Meaning, you come to him and say to him, I understand that you wake up late. It's hard for you because you go to sleep on time. I get you. I'm not. And the message you're giving your husband is, I love you. I care about you. I'm not here to fight with you. I care. And I understand you. And I totally understand. And if you can't, we can't do this, no problem. But if we could figure out a way, because now it seems like you come home on whatever time it is. Now, if we could figure out a way, where we can spend time, because it seems like you're coming home at 7 as opposed to 6 or 8 as opposed to 7, that would make me very happy. Do you have any suggestions, Moshe? Put it in his hand. Don't tell him what to do. Do you have any suggestions, Yaakov? What do you think? That's what a man needs, a achievement based person. He just want to hear what to, be, what to be done. He wants to, he wants, to, he wants, to, give him the rain. Give him the, 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 the Shabbat. Tell him, here, here, you tell me, what should we do? What do you think we should do? And he'll come up with a plan. Now, for those of you who are listening to me, I'm thinking, I uh, Greenfield, I need his husband, you know, they don't come up with plans, they come up with a plan for a day or two. No, it has to be rebuilt over and over again. And when it, the plan works, it might not work the first day. It might not work the second day. You try it the third time and then it finally works. And you know what? When it works, you give him his candy, you say to him, Moshe Yaakov Aaron, it made me so happy you we were able to spend time today. It was great. Don't get frustrated the next day when it doesn't work. Try again. Don't get frustrated. Try again. You know what successful marriages are built on? Successful marriages are built on trying again and again and again and not not giving up. (laughs) We spoke about it on the thing. Like like Boomer, Rabbi Kibas, right? We we don't don't give up. You don't give up. So you try, try again. Now, if the the issue is the fact that he wakes up late, and that's really an issue, and you might say to me, no, it's really an issue. He wakes up late. It bothers me. So, first of all, remember what the narrative is in marriage. Narrative in marriage is not to be your husband's mashkiach. You can motivate him when he goes on time. Wow, I was so proud of you that you were on time today. That was so great. You can try if you feel some big problem, halacha, this, that, the other thing, maybe, maybe to ask him if I could, we could speak to the rav, or whatever. You have to be careful also. Maybe somebody else can motivate him, but you have very little leverage when it comes to Torah issues, especially if your husband wakes up late. You have very, very little leverage with that. You do. The most you can try to do, and remember, do this very, very carefully. Do very carefully. The most you can try to do, and I would say even, as I'm saying it, I'm even scared to say it because it really depends on your husband and how sensitive he is with this, is to do the same, the same formula that I say for the other things, but here you really, you're really touching a raw nerve when it comes to dominating. But you can try. It depends on your husband. So you could have the same conversation, make the thing, and say to him, listen, I and here's, listen, he'll listen to me. This is very important what I'm about to say. Don't make it like he has that he's his fault. He's a bad person because he wakes up late. Say to him, "It's my mishigas. I don't know. I have this crazy mishigas. I have this. I don't know. Yesterday she gone. I have this mishigas. For some reason, for me, it's for me. i crazy with me. You know, I come from a home. Everybody wakes up on time. So when you wake up on time, it makes me so happy. You, you hear what I'm saying? By the way, ladies, not in this case. You do not say if you wake up on time tomorrow, it'll make me happy. Don't do that. That you do for any other requests that have no strings attached. But this particular request has tons of strings attached. So what you say to your husband is, I just want to mention to you, you know, whatever reason it is, when you wake up on time, that makes me very happy. That's it. Gamano, gamano. Finish. Don't talk about it anymore. He's not going to wake up on time tomorrow. Wait a week. Do it again. Wait a week. You're living with him for years already, right? So wait three weeks. Once a week, do it. You'll see he'll wake up on time one day. Then you say to him, wow, you know, it's so nice. I it not make me happy when you wake up on time. it make me happy. He feels achieved. But you didn't control him. You didn't tell him what to do. You See, that's why, that's why I said you have to ask yourself, what's really the issue over here? What's really the issue? Okay, and if I were okay, am I speaking again at an event? Bez Hashem, we don't know. Oh, okay, that's I want to talk to you about. Speak again. <laughs> Remind me. We are having workshops in Mirz Hashem. It's starting Monday night, uh, May 30th. Um, text me. I, I, I want to get a lot of people in this workshop. Baruch Hashem, we have people who are signing up, whatnot. But I want, I want to get a nice amount of people. Why? Because I a, a feel. You know, we want to get everybody. Empower everybody with skills and tools for their marriage. Even if your husband's not coming. Yes, your husband's not coming. Your wife's not coming. You could teleconference in. We're going to have two options. There's going to be an option of coming live and an option of coming. By the way, the option of coming live, I don't even know how many options I'm going to have left because we only have a certain amount of seats. But to be there as in May, Monday, May 30th, it'll be two hours a night. Monday, May uh, 30th, it starts for six weeks. Those of you who are going to the country, okay, great. We'll have teleconference. Uh, it'll be two hours a night. But as Sashem, I'm also going to be giving you a booklet. This is a. I I want to tell you, just a booklet in itself is worth coming because I put so much energy and I believe I had a lot of siyatashimai. I really have to thank Akhilash Baruchu into this particular booklet Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. We were Zocha to put up a what I call a marriage toolbox. It is so loaded with such unbelievable information that Bez Hashem will help your marriage. So that will happen Monday, May 30th in Mirta Hashem. If you want to sign up, you want to sign up the whatever you see on the website i'm actually i'm i'm I'm, again i want i want to get this rolling i want to get this rolling we've done this in the past i haven't done it for a long time people keep on asking me so i'm doing it again let's get a nice crowd to join us this time and then we'll just keep on rolling i as a sham as i'm saying i said this in 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 people who asked in the workshop i just want to get people in i want to empower people in their marriages so so whatever rate you're seeing on the website just text me text me text me text me i'll tell you what the rate is for teleconference we're coming down we'll make it happen so you'll be able to join the bottom line is if you want to join you can text me nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one you can call me or leave a message i probably will not pick up the phone it's just very very hard for me you can imagine Bar hashem Bar hashem i am busy hopefully hopefully having seattle the people i'm working with but i will tell you that what text me nine one seven three nine seven two eight four one 917-397-2841, text me, text me, Ten. text me, or go to the website, toramarriage.com, toramarriage.com, text me for more information, we'll get back to you, thank you for listening, thank you for being there Sunday night, for those of you who came, those of you who weren't able to come, we're going to have, we might have another event, Tshuva, another parenting and marriage event, because we have a very big demand for that, what I also want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is next event, Hashem, we're going to we want to make it more accommodating for everybody, we're gonna we're gonna actually have a section. As Hashem, this pe- people who it was obviously it was separate seating, but some people want a, a mechitza section. We'll have a machitza section. We just want people to come to empower your marriages, which which empowers your parenting, and to empower your parenting, and for you to have siyata Dishmaya, hatzlach and to bring the shchina into your house. Thank you. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Questions, comments, feedback, you can text me, 917-397-2841, 917-397-2841, you could try calling me, maybe I'll pick up. All the best, thank you for listening, have an amazing, amazing week.